What's happening, everybody? Hope you all are having a great day. Welcome back to a new episode of Blake's Take. Lots of great news today in the sports world. Starting off with the NFL, we have a short after a short-lived free agency for Dwayne Haskins after his releasing from the Washington football team due to his lack of commitment, leadership, and consideration of the circumstances that our world is currently facing. Haskins has now officially signed a one-year deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Haskins 23 is represented by Brian Levy, who is also Mike Tomlin's agent, which provided some sort of connection between the two in regards of the relationship between the Steelers organization and coaching staff with Dwayne Haskins. With his signing, the Steelers signal that they are focusing on the future without quarterback Ben Roethlisberger either this year or soon after. The likely true, the likely future Hall of Famer, of course, has one year left on his contract, but he hasn't yet determined his future with the team. After the Steelers' wild card loss, Roethlisberger said he would pray about the decision and consult with his family. He added that if he decides to come back, he hopes that the Steelers also want him to return as well. With third-string quarterback Josh Dobbs hitting free agency in March, the Steelers are set to have Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph, and Haskins on the roster for 2021, though Roethlisberger comes with a huge cap space with $41.2 million cap charge. So very key land for the Steelers in this one. Ultimately, they are planning for the future without quarterback Ben Roethlisberger in the anticipation for his retirement. Of course, Big Ben has done so much for the Steelers, bringing in two Super Bowls for the team. Just an incredible career by him. And by all means, he did great performing this year. But they And he even got them to an 11-0 start. But their loss to the Browns and their lack of offense and defense like chemistry right now they got to get it back there's a lot of young prospects on this Steelers team and Ben is kind of carrying the weight of the old in the past and the Steelers need to move on into the future and they know Big Ben is going to part with them soon so I and that is why I think Haskins is going to be a great pickup on the on the field wise we've seen what he can do on the field off the field with his problems but it has looked like and that he has thought long and hard about his past and is ready to move on in his career looking to make his future much brighter and more successful than his past so I'm thinking Haskins is going to be a great piece to this Steelers organization after Big Ben is either going to retire next year or in the very next couple of weeks he'll announce it along with the quarterbacks anticipation in Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger are anticipated to retire after a, a big news with the Philip Rizzer's retirement yesterday. So we'll see how Big Ben makes his decision, but the Steelers are in a very good spot if that does come upon them. As far as NBA, the Big 3 in Brooklyn made their finally made their debut last night, but it didn't quite turn out how you would have expected. On Wednesday, in Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving's first game together, and Irving's first game in over two weeks due to personal reasons, the Nets lost to the Cavaliers 147-135 to in double overtime. Durant scored a team-high 38 points, and Irving added 37. Harden finished with another triple-double with his 21 points, 12 assists, and 10 rebounds. Durant said in a statement on playing with Irving and Harden, It felt right. Felt perfect, actually. Felt like we belonged together. It felt like just joining together is going to be great fun. It was a tough start, especially it was up-and-down game for us. Would have liked to get the win, but we're going to keep moving and pushing. 
Coming in, into the night, the Cavaliers had the worst offensive fit rating in the NBA. But against Brooklyn, Cleveland shot over 51% from the field, including 50% from three-point range. Holy smokes. The Cavaliers ended the game on a 23-8 run. Brooklyn's fragmented play started early after the Nets took a double-digit lead in the first quarter going 10 for 10 to start it. The Cavaliers went then went on a 17-0 run that stretched into the second to give them the 9-point lead before half. Harden didn't score his first points of the game, though, until the final minute of the first half. In the statement, we had breakdowns all over the place, Nets coach Coach Steve Nash said. So we've got a lot of work to do. We know that. We know... We have a very offensive team right now, so we have to find ways to defend and to get connected to be on the same page with one another. Wednesday's outing was Irving's first since January 5th. He had missed the Nets past seven games, five for personal reasons, and two while conditioning or COVID protocol, to say. During his time away for personal reasons, the league fined Irving for violating health and safety protocols by attending what appeared to be a family birthday party to his, for his sister. He also lost over 800 grand in salary for the two games he missed while in quarantine. Irving said, always playing the game that I love. I'm grateful. I never take that for granted. Then also to be playing with Kevin Durant and James Harden, just those two names alone right now. Just we're having some fun. So tough loss and a tough beginning for the Nets, but you can see already that this team is starting to get the chemistry developing and it's going to be just getting more exciting and more scary and lethal as the season goes on. Heck, it was their first game together and Katie and Kyrie scored 60 points by themselves alone, over 60 points by themselves. So that is just incredible chemistry there and incredible bonding that's going to happen. And defensively, they're just going to get more and more connected. And this is going to be a very, very Nets team. Very, very scary Nets team. As far as local sports, Larry Scott's 11-year run as the Pac-12 commissioner will end in June, the conference announced Wednesday night. In a statement, the conference said Scott will remain on the job until June 30th and assist in the transition. We appreciate Larry's pioneering efforts in growing the conference by adding new competitive university programs and accelerating the Pac-12 to the television network, partly with the other conferences, said University of Oregon President Michael Skill, the chair of the pac 12 CEO group. At one point, our television agreement was the most lucrative in the nation, and the debut of the Pac-12 network helped deliver our championship brand to the U.S. and global markets on the traditional and digital platforms. That being said, the intercollegiate athletics marketplace doesn't remain in static, and now is a good time to bring in a new leader who will help us develop our forward strategy going forward. It was in pro sports. I was in pro sports for 20 years. I've now been in college athletics for more than 10. And now it is a great time in my life to pursue other exciting opportunities, Scott said in a statement. This moment when a college athletics are moving in a new direction and with the conference soon coming to the next round of media negotiations, it seems right the right time to make a change. Scott, who is now 56 years old, was hired as the commissioner of what was the Pac-10 at the time in July 2009 after previously serving as the chairman of the CEO of the Women's Tennis Association. During his 10-year the conference expanded the, to include Utah and Colorado in 2011 and added a football championship game. Those additions helped secure a 12-year, $3 billion media rights deal with Fox and ESPN that set the stand for their standard for college sports at the time. 
The Pac-12 also agreed to equal revenue sharing for the first time under the New Deal. But his time will largely be defined by the great and most impactful network that the Pac-12 has ever seen by establishing its own network in the Pac-12 network in 2012. So great career for Larry Scott and all that he has done for Oregon and Oregon State and just the Pac-12 as a whole through all the media deals and the establishment of the Pac-12, making it adding Utah and Colorado and getting the Pac-12 network going. And it has changed our local athletes and their respective programs immensely. So thank you, Larry Scott, for all that you have done for this community. And I'm looking forward to how our local athletic programs and the Pac-12 as a whole will continue after the immense impact you have had on the conference. Thank you so much, Larry Scott. You will be remembered forever. So thank you for all that you have tuned into Blake's Take this week. I hope you all had a great news in the sports world. Hope you enjoyed some brand new content and I'll see you all tomorrow. Have a great night.